Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life. It's June 1st. Can you believe it? June is already here. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and today is also the Memorial of St. Justin Martyr. That's my confirmation state, uh, so a very special day for me here. Uh, As we begin the program today, how much do you give to God? Now, I'm not necessarily asking about an actual dollar amount, but how much do you give to God? Have you heard that old example about how we can look at our breakfast plate, a plate of eggs and bacon, as an illustration of how we give ourselves to God? Because the chicken, the chicken just made a donation of the eggs for your plate of breakfast, to pro- but to provide the bacon, the pig made a total commitment. So how much do you give to God of everything that you have, of your money, your resources, your, your time, your abilities, everything that you have, how much of it do you give to God? I think there's actually a better way to ask this question. Any ideas on how you might phrase the question in a different, maybe a better way? I'll tell you how in just a moment, but first I'd like you to listen to this back-and-forth dialogue. This is a recording from years ago with Kimberly Hahn. Uh, She's the wife of popular Catholic speaker and author Dr. Scott Hahn. And years ago, this uh, she was giving a talk to a group of ladies, and she starts the talk with this little skit where she's praying, she's talking to God, saying, I want to give you everything. It's an older recording. It's, it's uh, not the greatest audio quality, but it's still listenable, and especially what it says. It has a great lesson. So here, give a listen. Lord, I want to give myself to you in a new way. I I want to give you everything. Everything? Everything, Lord. Uh, By the way, would you like a donation? Sure. Some cash? Yeah, I've I've got about uh, $20. Is this all you have? No, I have a little more. I want all your cash. (laughs) You want all my cash? But, oh, okay, it's a good thing I have a checkbook. Checkbook? You have a checkbook? Yes, I, I have a checkbook. Do, do you want my checkbook, too? Didn't you say everything? Well, yes, I did. I did say everything. It's a good thing I have credit cards. Credit cards? You want, God needs my credit cards? You did say everything. Well, I meant all, but if I give you my credit cards, how will I have any money to care for my children? You have children? May I see a photo? Sure, they're they're beautiful. Yeah. They're lovely. Thank you. Will you give me your children? You, You want my children? You did say everything, didn't you? Yes, but how will I ever tell my husband that I gave you my children? 
You have a husband? You want my husband? I'm going to be very lonely in my house without my husband and my children. So you have a house. God doesn't have a body. Why does he need a house? You did say you wanted to give me everything, right? Yes, I did. I Okay, I'll give you the key to my house. What are those other keys for? I have a couple of cars and an office. Did you mean what you said? Yes, I I meant everything. I I did. I I meant everything. You can have my keys. Is there anything else? No. That's everything. There's nothing else. Good. Now, I have a man. He needs a good wife to take care of him. Will you take care of this man for me? Yes, I I will take very good care of him, Lord. Don't forget he's mine. Yes, Lord. I'll remember he belongs to you. I also have some children. They are my children, mind you, who need good parents. Will you care for my children? Yes. Yes, Lord. I will take very good care of your children. You won't forget they are my children. Yes, Lord. I won't forget. You'll need a home for shelter for this family. Yes. My family. Yes. So here's the key to my home. Will you take care of my home for me? Yes, Lord. I will take care of your home. You'll need transportation to take care of my family. So here are the keys to two cars. Oh. But never forget they are my cars. Yes, Lord. I I will take care of your cars. And you'll need some financial resources to feed and clothe and care for these people. my people so here's some cash a checkbook and some credit cards never forget though this is my money to be spent in a way that honors me use it wisely yes i will lord thank you so much i'll be a good steward of everything you've given me i know you will bless you daughter Again, that's uh, audio from a skit at the beginning of a talk that Kimberly Hahn, uh, she gave. And I remember seeing this video of Kimberly so many years ago and thinking how it was such a great example of how I should look at my possessions, not as mine, but as the things that are, they've been given to me by God, him trusting me to take care of them as best as I can. Uh, so do you remember that question that I asked? How much do you give to God of everything you have? And now, after hearing this skit that Kimberly Hahn did, after hopefully readjusting your view on your possessions, how would you rephrase that question? Instead of asking how much you give to God of everything you have, the better question might be, how much do you give back to God of everything he's entrusted to you? So today here on The Inner Life, we want to look at the idea of tithing. This is something that we hear every once in a while of giving back to God, but more than just giving a set amount or a set percentage to God, we also want to discuss that overarching mindset that we all should have of being stewards, of being caretakers of everything that we have, all the blessings with which God has bestowed upon us, and helping us today to look at tithing, look at being stewards of everything, all of the blessings that God has given us, 
uh, one of our favorite voices here on Relevant Radio at large, but also on the Inner Life. Father Matthew Spencer is our spiritual director today. He is a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, and he currently serves as their provincial superior and the shrine director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, welcome back to the Inner Life today, and thanks for being here. Thanks, Josh. It's a, it's a pleasure. I have to say, I, I've never heard that story about the breakfast either. <laughs> That's a good, a good introduction. Oh, to, with the the to, eggs and the bacon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the the whole uh, that whole dialogue with uh, Kimberly Hahn. That was beautiful. Well, and so you know, as we today want to look at tithing, most of the time when we talk about stewardship or we talk about tithing, we mainly focus on money, the financial contributions, you know, donating financially to our parish. It is important for a couple of reasons. First, it helps to keep our parish able to pay for the bills. You know, if we're going to have a building where we can go to mass, we can go to confession, we can have weddings and funerals, uh, you know, religious education can be provided there, all, all of those different things. We need to be able to pay for the basic running and the upkeep of the facility along with the staff that's needed there to provide all these different things, to allow us the access there as a community for the sacraments. But the second part of this uh, that, that's really important of making that financial donation, and not just financially, of giving other parts of our time, of our, our talent, you know, uh, it's really important for ourselves so that we don't find ourselves so attached to money or to, you know, our time, that it's all mine, 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 you know, kind of what the introduction with Kimberly was saying there. It's all given to us by God, and so we want to continually have that mindset of, I want to give back to you, but I realize everything I have is a gift from you, God. Yeah, it's really true. And, and tithing has such ancient uh, uh, origins, right? I mean, we read it about it first in Scripture in Genesis 14, I believe, with uh, the priest Melchizedek, who who gives uh, this offering to the Lord as, as a portion of, of what he, he feels is he's indebted to the Lord to give on behalf of Abraham. Um, the the uh, and then from there we see many examples throughout the whole of 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 the history of God revealing Himself to us, and we see it for many reasons, as you point out. On the one hand, we have to contribute to the building up of the kingdom, and that takes even material earthly resources. Right? We're a we're a church, and and it requires dedication of of what we have to make it successful and to keep spreading the gospel. But on the other hand, as you point out, Josh, there's this there's this return that we get on that, as as that example with Kimberly demonstrated. You know, we give to God, and He gives back to us. We we give in generosity to the Lord, and He uh, and He gives that return to us. Now we have to be careful, Josh. It's a, it's a very difficult balance. We don't give and then expect God to just give it right back and then hold on, and now we haven't offered anything. We haven't made any sacrifice. No, we, we give generously, uh, and we don't know exactly how God will return that to us, but he always will, and he always makes us happy when we're, when we're good stewards of what he entrusts to us. Well, and so much of this, you know, as you're talking about, we have to be cautious that we're not giving with the expectation of, I'm giving so I can get more. You know, it, it really all comes down to is so many aspects of our faith as we practice it out, a heart attitude. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is why tithing or, or helping materially the church has, has always been a precept of the church. 
And in, even in modern times, although we, the word tithe comes from uh, an Anglo-Saxon word meaning one-tenth of, of what we have, we give, um, although the church has, doesn't necessarily mandate very, very, uh, very strictly that it has to be 10%, uh, that's a good, it's a good measure to say, well, how much am I giving? And the precepts of the church indicate that even today we're obliged to, to contribute materially to the building up of the kingdom. But I think it's important, Josh, to, to point out as you, as you were, uh, referring to that, uh, it's not enough just to write a check, uh, and then imagine that there I've done my duty, my responsibility, and now I don't need to give anything else because it's much more than just giving one one uh, financial contribution. There's there's our very time. There's there's our very gifts that we're called to give. There's there's who we are that we're called to put at the service of the Lord and His Church. And that's hard, isn't it? It's hard to give in that way, which is why I think it's a it's a great topic for us to discuss today. Well, and so yeah, you mentioned the ten. You mentioned kind of that uh, first story where we see tithing being done, and that's, uh, as you mentioned, in chapter 14 of the book of Genesis, and this is Abram before he's even given the name Abraham, and he has just saved some of his relatives. We hear Lot's name in that that story there. Um, They've been captured by the king of Sodom, and then Abram ends up gathering some people together to save his relatives, to free them. And right after, there's this victory of the fighting, the saving his relatives. Then this king, Melchizedek, uh, we're told he's the king of Salem and a priest of God. He's king and priest. He shows up on the scene, and it says, with bread and wine. And then he pronounces this blessing uh, on Abram. And then it says that Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything he had. So this is where that 10%, that, that idea, that concept of tithing, it, it comes from. But there's also a lot happening here so early in this book of Genesis. Uh, so many things that are tied together, not just the giving 10% of what Abram has, but we've got this king who is also a priest, and we've got bread and wine that are coming together here. There's, there's a lot to unpack in this. <laughs> yeah, there is, isn't it? And as Christians, we look and we say, well, Melchizedek, king and priest. Uh, oh, Jesus, by the way, is king and priest. Melchizedek offering bread and wine. Oh, Jesus, by the way, offers bread and wine. This, this connection between, between uh, you know, Melchizedek and Jesus becomes so clear. And then as Abram gives this offering to the Lord through Melchizedek, then we see that, well, that's, that's a pattern of life that you and I are called to also give. Um, but you're right, Josh, that there's much more happening besides this, because Abram, by the way, that's not all he's giving to the Lord, right? I mean, he's given everything to God at this point, and, and we know that he will then be, be, be proclaimed the father of all nations, and, and God gives back to him for what he has given to, to the Lord. So I, I think that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful start to our understanding on tithing. You know, the other thing, as you were talking about, we have a lot of references through the Old Testament where we see again and again, you know, the law is given with so much detail, especially in the book of Deuteronomy. And, you know, we see this concept of tithing that's then not just, it's something you might do. It is part of the law, the Old Testament law given to the Israelites. And then it's practiced, and we see that through uh, in, the, in the, the books of history that we have in the Old Testament. And one of the words that really stands out as you start looking is this concept of first fruits. And that's something where 
the Israelites, they weren't supposed to give to God before, uh, you know, after they take care of other things. They, they, they needed to have this prior to anything else, what they were giving to God. And that's kind of a lesson for us as well. We don't give God the leftovers. It's important that we keep our priorities in line, knowing that God should be first and above all else in our lives. And so even what we give to him needs to be the best, the first, you know, out of, out of whatever abundance we have. Yes, and that that is true in financial and economic aspects, and it's true in the rest of the disciplines of our spiritual life too. I, I think it's it's really uh, it's really tempting for us, Josh, to say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna live the whole day according to what I want, and then if I have some time at the end, then I'll give that to God." And it's the time we're tired, it's the time we're exhausted, the time that maybe is not not the most fruitful for us. We just give God the leftovers. And I think it's it's a very good point that you're you're making that uh, just as the Israelites were called to give of the first fruits that they had the best before anything else was was uh, was set aside, they were called to give what they had to God, and and we are called to do this uh, certainly in our material resources, but even in our own time, even in our own spiritual life, to not give God just the leftovers, but to give Him first the best that we have. Uh, I was reading a reflection a while back, Josh, that was uh, talking about how we as Christians oftentimes tip rather than tithe. So we're at church and we, we say, oh, okay, well, I'll give, that was a nice homily. I'll give a little bit, right? <laughs> oh, that, we do some nice ministries here. I'll, I'll toss a little bit in the basket. We're, we're thinking about it as an afterthought and maybe as a little extra rather than as a, as a very important uh, part, a uh, priority of our spiritual life. And I think that's that's an important distinction to make, to not, not be tippers, but to be tithers, to not be ones who just give little leftovers and bits and crumbs, but to say, wait, there's there's an importance to building up the kingdom that, that God has given to each of us, and each in our own measure. Some have been blessed rather abundantly with material goods, and others are really struggling. And so not everybody can give the same amount, and that's okay. God doesn't measure us by the amount we give, but rather with the generosity with which we give it. Well, and and so, you know, as you're talking about not being tippers, but being tithers there for our parish communities, for, you know, the church at large, let's also make a distinction here on what the concept of tithing is as opposed to almsgiving. Uh, yeah, good good point, Josh. So uh, almsgiving, also mandated in Scripture, Jesus himself would, would command us to give alms, right, in Matthew 6 uh, and, and throughout all of Scripture, right? This is an important aspect. But almsgiving is, is to help the poor, and almsgiving is to give to those who are in need and to give out of charity to those that, that don't have enough. And that's a very important part of our spiritual discipline as well. Tithing is is more more properly understood as helping the material needs of the church and building up the the church through the, what we can what we can offer to the lord whether it's whether it's material or or spiritual as well i should say so we tithe in order to to support our parish in order to support the ministries that our parish has but we also give alms in order to help 
the poor. And, and certainly, we have to balance this out. We don't have unending funds of, of money in our bank account. We have to we have to portion this out. We have to be careful and prudent stewards of, of what God has given to us. But it, it is important, I think, to to, to remember both. We, we help the poor, but we also help to, to make sure that the lights and the heat stay on at our parish. Yeah, and, and it's actually a really easy thing right now for most of us if we have, um, you know, where we can do our banking online. You can kind of have that first fruits concept of I give my regular portion to God just as kind of one of those auto payments that'll come out, you know, at the beginning of the month or every paycheck, however you split it up, to where it doesn't have to be something that, oh, I forgot to I forgot to give that again. You know, I mean, you wouldn't forget to pay your mortgage uh, because if you did or your rent, uh, then you're going to have some pretty dire consequences there. You wouldn't forget to do your grocery shopping or pay the electrical bill or the water bill. You know, those things are very important if you want to be able to live uh, and and have the things you need at at your home. So in the same way, uh, you can kind of treat that tithe as this is really important, and I want to put it at the same level, if not even higher, uh, in that priority of things that are being paid. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's hard to do because we, uh, you know, the the debt collector is not going to come after us if I we know. don't pay our tithe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're we feel we we have this particular obligation to pay our bills and all of this, but. When it comes to, to giving to the church, it's, it doesn't have the same demands on our life. But I, I think it is uh, just as important. Um, I, Josh, I mean, uh, you know, I think what, what oftentimes keeps people hesitant in this is a very real concern that what is the administration how is the administration of these goods going to be going to be taken care of? And we we see this right back into the the, the scriptures that that we are just reflecting on. You know, we saw that oftentimes uh, throughout history, the priestly class would abuse the gifts of the people. We right. see that uh, during the first uh, decades of the Christian Church, people were not always using the the resources given to the church the way they should. And this is a real this is a real concern, and one I don't think we should forget about. Uh, maybe part of the way we we solve this is that we realize that my stewardship is not just about giving money, but maybe helping to hold my parish accountable, helping to put my gifts of accounting at the service of the church, maybe serving on the finance council of the church, serving on the parish council to make sure that these goods are being used and organized well. In other words, I think it's it's good. We live in times where we, we expect good financial accountability, and I think our parishes, our dioceses should give that back to us. But maybe we need to also contribute to, to that transparency as well. Our spiritual director today, Father Matthew Spencer, a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph. And we're talking about stewardship and about tithing and how we are supposed to practice that in our own lives. When have you given financially to to the church, to your parish? Even if it stretches you, how have you seen God provide and take care of you? And how is donating to the work of the church, how has it helped you to trust more in God? How has it grown? Uh, helped to grow your faith? Our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'd love to hear how you've been able to live that out and how you've been able to see God provide, even when maybe it did seem like a bit of a stretch financially. Again, the studio line, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue our conversation with Father Matthew you in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. The Inner Life with Josh Raymond on Relevant Radio. Welcome back, and our spiritual director today, Father Matthew Spencer, He's the Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph in Santa Cruz, California. We're talking about being stewards of everything that God has given us, and especially tithing. That, that concept, that practice, and how we can live that out in our lives, understand it and live it out. And when have you given to your parish, given to the church, even if it kind of stretches you, and how has God provided for you uh, as you've given to his work, to the building of the, of the kingdom? How has donating to the church helped you to trust more in God, in his providence? Uh, Our studio line, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. And Father Matthew, um, you know, one of the places that I I always remember, I don't know when I first came across this, this was years ago, but the prophet Malachi, uh, last book in the Old Testament, this prophet, he makes this really strong statement when it comes to tithing. And God has, through Malachi, through the prophet, God is telling Israel that they're robbing from him by not giving their tithes and their other contributions, their other offerings. And so in the third chapter of Malachi, in verse 10, God tells the people to bring the whole tithes into the storehouse. And then God makes this really bold proclamation where he says, put me to the test and see if I do not open the floodgates of heaven for you and pour down upon you blessing without measure. And this brings to mind where Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, the, the words of testing. You know, Jesus, he has that second temptation that Satan puts before him. And Satan tries to say, you know, throw yourself off the parapet of the temple. And, you know, let's see if you are really who you, who you say you are. Um, because it's written that he will let his angels take care of you, will not let your foot strike uh, a stone. And so Jesus rebukes Satan, saying, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. But here in this one area of giving financially to God, we're given this permission by God himself that we can test his faithfulness, his providence, in when we give our tithes to him and to the church. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, um, it makes me think, Josh, of, of my own vocation when I when I was considering becoming a priest, when I was considering becoming an oblate of St. Joseph. And and I I just wasn't ready to give completely. It wasn't. I felt like it was too risky. Like, well, what if what if I'm not happy? What if I begin this vocation and I I don't I don't experience you know the the return that I want? And I had to reach a certain point where I said, I I just have to try it. I have to do it. And let's see if God really is uh, you know uh, is good on His offer to me to 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 lead me to happiness. 
And, um, and thanks be to God, he is, you know, he's faithful. He, he does give us exactly what he promises. But there was that for me in my, in my, in my vocation, there was that risk that, that stepping out, you know, into the unknown and putting out into the deep where we say, well, I'm, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to, I'm going to give of my very self and give of who I am and, and God will, will take care of me. And I, I think the same is true in stewardship, in the spiritual life in general, and also in our own uh, stewardship of, of what God has entrusted to us. There's a risk. You know, we say, well, uh, I could put this, uh, this money into my 401k, or I could put this particular resource in my will to my, to my children. And, and these are good things, by the way. You have to take care of your retirement. You, you should think of your children and all of this. But we forget that God is going to is also calling us to be generous to to his works and to to sharing the gospel with those who need to hear it even through material needs and sharing of that. And and just like our vocation, just like other difficult spiritual decisions we make, our generosity with what we have in our stewardship also sometimes is is kind of stepping out and we are going to test the Lord almost to say, well, okay, I, God says he's going to give me a return on this. Let's see if it happens. And and in my experience, Josh, he does. He always comes through, not always in the way we expect, not always immediately, immediately necessarily. You know, I don't give $10,000 and then immediately know that I'm going to become a millionaire because that's what God promised. No, it doesn't work like that. But I do know that when, I, when I'm generous with what I have spiritually and materially, God is going to, God is going to return that to me in the joy that he, he wants to give to me. Hmm. Father Matthew is our spiritual director here today on The Inner Life. And Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Margaret who's listening in Downers Grove, Illinois. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the show today. Hello. This is a great topic. I need I need to help with. Mm. I love giving. I'm such a cheerful giver, and I I give so much of our stuff to St. Vincent de Paul or items that there's never a thought of selling it. But I hand it over to St. Vincent de Paul and all. And um, but I ended up with the task of raising my grandchildren in retirement, and there isn't a lot of money, and I've had to create some debt in doing that. And um, I was told I heard from somebody, a pastor somewhere, that if we're in debt, we're not to be giving. Is there something spiritual about that, that it's spiritually wrong, or is there a spiritual righteousness that I can still, you know, tithe while I'm in debt? It's not deep, it's not terrible, but it's it's uh, sure. things that I needed to get them through. Yeah, oh, I love this question, Margaret, because it gets very practical, right? I mean, on the one hand, in theory, we say, well, we give God 10%, and in theory, we have a certain amount of money we set aside for God. In practice, we, we struggle with our finances, or in practice, we, we don't always uh, have, have everything figured out exactly the way we want financially. Um, you know what I think about, Margaret? I think about um, sometimes uh, preachers who are, are sharing a prosperity gospel uh, message where they say, well, it doesn't matter how much debt you have, just give to, to my church and we'll make sure that you'll, you'll be blessed. Or, or don't worry about, you know, maybe the debt or the medical expenses you have or the mortgage that you have to pay. Uh, first, give, give to, to our ministry here. And what I would say is uh, that's not the Catholic approach necessarily. For Catholics, we have to be very prudent and thoughtful in how we give. Uh, but I do think we have to we have to uh, make that sacrifice and put out. So I think you have to fulfill your your debt obligations, Margaret. Def- definitely, 
Um, but we do that with also being generous in other ways to the church that we can. Uh, so, you know, without looking at your looking at your finances and and opening up QuickBooks for you and looking at things, I don't want to give concrete advice of oh, don't give this much and give that much to the church. But I would say try and find a creative way where you can keep giving to the church, where you can not stop that that giving, even if even if it's a very small amount. Uh, but work towards paying off your debt. Work towards uh, becoming financially responsible with these things for the long term, uh, and and God will God will bless that work too. Uh, does that make sense, Margaret? I think there's a both and approach here. There's it doesn't mean don't give anything to the church till your debt is gone, uh, but also to be responsible with your debt and and to make sure that you're you're paring that down little by little. Oh, yes. It's a, that's such a relief. And it not only makes sense, it feels very right. So thank yeah. you. I don't ever feel right not giving back to the church or not giving as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I mean, wanted to you're, make sure that I wasn't doing something wrong. Hmm? No, definitely not. And I think your own experience of helping out with almsgiving at, say, you know, St. Vincent de Paul and giving of what you have for the poor and for, for various ministries, that's a good measure because you've you've experienced firsthand the joy that you, you have when you do that. Well, the same is true when we give to the church for, for the building up of the kingdom. So thanks, Margaret. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, Margaret, so glad you called in today. And uh, Father Matthew, one of the things I know for my wife and I, when we were just first married and starting out, and we didn't have a lot of money. Um, <laughs> starting out working in radio doesn't pay very much in those first few <laughs> years. But um, as we were trying to give back to God, even what, you know, though we didn't have much financially, and it wasn't like we were going on vacations three times a year. We weren't eating extravagantly. There was none of that. It was just, well, we're trying to pay as low of rent as we can find in a fairly safe neighborhood. We're trying to pay off student loans and different things like that. Um, for us, it was, well, we don't have much financially, but we do have time, and we can give that. And so we would volunteer for things at our our church so that we could help out. They didn't have to hire somebody or pay somebody to do those things that we might be able to do. So if you find yourself in that situation, at least for us, that was one of the ways that we were able to offer what we could at the time and be able to help out in that way. And God blessed us for that, too. I mean, times where we didn't know how we were going to pay a bill or, you know, something happened and we were saying, well, okay, how are we going to make it through this? God would provide for those. So, uh, you know, being able to look and say, how can I give? And I'm not saying that gets us off the hook. We should give financially to the church. But again, when you're in that position where maybe I don't have that ability to give at that 10% level, um, there are other ways that you can help support the church and, and defray the bills or the costs that they have there. Yeah, that that's very good, practical, concrete advice, Josh. And I, I'll share personally from my life, too. I have a vow of poverty. I, I don't have an income that goes to me. I don't have my own bank account. I don't have financial resources that I can give to the church under, under normal circumstances. Does that mean I'm off the hook with giving to the church? <laughs> Not at all, right? Even though Even though I'm a priest, I don't just expect the church to take care of me. I have to give what I can. So I give of my time. I try and give of my, my energy and my resources. 
Uh, I'm I'm not perfect at it, right? And there's always work that we have to do to be more generous towards the Lord. But there are lots of different ways that we give back. I, I think, like you said, Josh, we don't let ourselves off the hook. We don't say, "Well, I'm I'm going to go, you know, clean up. I'm going to go dust the church, and that therefore I don't need to give my tithe." Um, no, if we can financially give to the church, uh, we should, right? We should because we, we want the church to grow, to flower. We want more people to come to know Christ through through the mission of the church. Uh, but if I can't give, then let me be creative about how I can, how else I can give besides monetarily. Mm, you know, going back to, uh, we, we talked a little bit about what... God said through the prophet Malachi there in the Old Testament. And one of the things that it starts off where he's talking about bringing, you know, the full tithes into the warehouse, God actually says, you're robbing me at that point. So if we are not donating what we are able, wherever kind of our state in life is, if we're not donating, does that become something then where it might be a sin on our behalf um, because we're not contributing to the work? I mean, again, we talked about the difference between tithing and almsgiving there, but um, do we run the risk of, of you know, sinning against God where he'll say the same thing to us through our conscience? Hey, you're not donating what you should be to the work of the kingdom here, and you're, you're stealing from me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say it goes even even deeper than the, the sin of stealing. I mean, it probably even touches upon one of the seven deadly sins, avarice or greed, um, which is this inordinate desire to hold on to material possessions. Which doesn't help us at all, Josh. I mean, that's the that's the the amazing thing. God God calls us to be generous. Why does He need the money? No, not necessarily, right? Does he need Does he need cash? No, but he wants us to be free from those worldly attachments, and he wants the 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 resources that he's entrusted to us to go towards. Uh, movements and ministries that are going to help the world in a much greater way than than we can do on our own. So, yeah, I think if if we are holding back from the Lord, not only could it be the the sin of stealing from from God himself, but also it could be touching upon a, a deeper, more grievous sin which is uh which is the the greed, I'm sorry, the sin of greed, which is just so unhealthy and bad for us in and of itself. So, a giving, whether it's almsgiving or tithing, is is a remedy for this inordinate desire that we have to hold on to things, and I hope that we can see it that way. I hope that when I when I give to my church, I'm giving not just to to make sure that some good things happen, that the parish hall is built, or that you know the church becomes more beautiful, but that I'm also seeing it as a way for me to be more detached from what I have. Our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, and we're talking about stewardship, about tithing, about how we give back to God. When have you given financially to your parish, to the church, and how have you seen God provide and take care of you, especially maybe if giving stretched you a little, you were a little worried, well, uh, I can go without some of these things, and I'll give to the work of God. How has donating, giving that financial contribution to the church, helped you to trust more in God? How has it built up your faith? Our studio line is 888 Mary and Brian, you're up next here in just a moment, and we'll continue the conversation here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer. And we're talking about stewardship and tithing, about giving back to God what He's blessed us with and how we make that return, how we make those offerings, those tithes to the Church. How have you given financially, and how have you seen God bless you, take care of you? How has donating to the Church helped your faith to grow? Our studio line, 888-914-9149. And Father, before we go back to the phones, you know, we've been making a lot of reference to the Old Testament, the old law for Israel, and I've heard many people try and make a case that Christians are no longer bound by this. You know, they don't need to give an official 10%, that tithe to God. Uh, After all, as Gentile Christians, as Catholics, we're not bound to certain restrictions given in the Old Testament law. You know, there's Um, the unclean animals of the Old Testament, but Peter then sees a vision after the church is established in the Acts of the Apostles, and those unclean animals are no longer unclean. They're able to be eaten. And even the Gentile converts that come into the church early, they're just given a few rules. They're not uh, bound by all of the prior Hebrew laws and customs. And uh, the early church apostles, the bishops essentially there, have their meeting and say, yeah, let's not lay this heavy burden on them. But then on the other hand, we have Jesus who tells us, he says he's the fulfillment of the law. And until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or even the smallest part of a letter will pass away from the law. And then, um, you know, we have in the early church there, again, in the Acts of the Apostles, we see how everyone gives everything they have to the church. They're all sharing everything they have in common for the good of all of the members of the church. So, so many different kind of back and forth things we can look at in the Christian, you know, birth of our faith that is the fulfillment that was started there in the Old Testament. How do we look at this and kind of understand this? You know, 10% was good back then, but now do we follow the example of the early church and those early Christians? We give everything back to God. How how, how should we understand this? <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a good point of reflection for our spiritual life because uh, Jesus came to not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, right? So it's not that he wipes away the requirements that we have from the old law, but rather calls us to something even deeper. Now, as part of that, some of the the human uh, the human uh, disciplines were abrogated, so the dietary laws were are no longer in effect for us that that were for under the first covenant, but. On the other hand, what Jesus is calling us to is is not a lower standard of generosity, but a higher standard. So we might say, well, I don't have to give 10% anymore because that no longer applies to me. And I would say, well, that's probably true. We have to give 100%, right? right. We have to give everything that we have. And, and boy, is that hard, right? And that's especially for us as, as Christians because we're called not to not to just live by the letter of the law alone and say, well, I, I gave my 10%, therefore I can sleep soundly at night. Uh, no, we say, well, I have to give uh, according to what I'm able. I have to give to the best of my, my abilities, but also 
challenging sacrifice, sacrificing myself and giving even of my even of my my need, not just my surplus, as Jesus uh, exhorts us to. So yeah, these are these are good questions, and 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 the interesting thing, Josh, I think, is that there's no. There's no simple answer for this. It's not like we can just sit down and I can say, well, give me give me the amount of cash in your bank account. I will calculate the 10% of that, and that's what you have to give. <laughs> I've got my uh, right? tithing it's, calculator handy. We'll, yeah, we'll get I mean, it all pretty, sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty easy calculation to make, right? 10%. But no, we say, well, I... I also have to feed my children, right? And I have to make sure that they're taken care of. And and obviously that's a very important priority that, that needs to be cared for. Uh, and so if I can't give, you know, what, what I would like monetarily, as you were saying a few moments ago, we give in other ways. Uh, Father Matthew, let's go back to the phones. We've got Mary who's listening in Houston, Texas. Hi, Mary. You're on the air with Father Matthew here on The Inner Life. Hi, Father Matthew. I just have to say it's so lovely to hear your voice again. Oh, thanks, Mary. What a pleasure it is to be with you today. So um, I have actually a story of trust. Um, I um, was, before my daughter went off to college, we were um, kind of fussing and I was getting more and more concerned about how we were going to pay for this. And I could feel the Satan kind of turning the fire up on that one. And so I thought, I got to stop. I'm, I'm going out for a walk. I'm going to breathe. And as I was walking along um, a wooded path, I heard Jesus say to me very clearly, I have always taken care of you. I have taken care of you when you thought you were going to lose your job. I have taken care of you when you were being audited for taxes. I've always taken care of you. I will take care of you this time too. And it just released all of that fear. And I said, you know, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry for not having trusted you. And, you know, you just move forward in trust. And and I believe that he has blessed me with a really abundant salary so that I can tithe and I can give alms and I can be generous in his name to glorify him. And I'm a frequent donator to Relevant Radio that's one of the really beautiful ministries that I think um, can be moved forward. So that's my story. Wow. Well, thank you, Mary. I mean, that isn't that the the key uh, question that we're we're getting at here? Is are we trusting God enough? You know, do we trust that it's not by the own sweat of our brow that we're going to survive? It's not by my own you know uh, retirement account that I'm going to be happy. It's by by God's grace. Uh, I, one of my favorite scripture passages, Mary, is a. Uh, uh, Matthew 6, right? When Jesus is telling his disciples, don't worry, stop worrying, don't be anxious. Look at how God is taking care of the tiniest of creatures here. Uh, aren't you more valuable than these tiny birds? Uh, he'll take care of you just as he take, takes care of, of, of other creatures. And I think what you're getting at, Mary, is is just a big part of of the challenge of the Christian life. Am I trusting God enough? And stewardship and good, good, um, good, generous practices in the Christian life is simply a, a, a discipline that we we practice in order to to trust the Lord more. So, thanks so much for your witness, Mary. Very, very grateful to uh, to have that heard here on Relevant Radio. And Father Matthew, as Mary was talking, and you made that reference, you know, don't don't worry about tomorrow. What will worrying add to your life? You know. Uh, where where is your food going to come from? Where is your clothes, clothing going to come from? At the end of that, then Jesus says, 
seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and then all these other things will be given to you. You'll be taken care of there. So he even gives that promise there as we're, uh, you know, listening to him say, don't worry about those things. He gives that promise Seek God first, and that's that's just going back to that idea of trust. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Brian, who's listening in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi, Brian. Welcome to The Inner Life today. We've only got a minute here, but wanted to get you on the program before we wrap up the hour. Yeah, I just wanted to share. I, I heard a priest talk at a stewardship conference, and he said that our, our gift to the Church should be holy and sacrificial. And my favorite definition of holy is um, something set apart for a specific purpose. So my wife and I put it into our budget. We put our our, uh, tithing into our budget. And then sacrificial, um, it doesn't have to hurt, but it it should cause us to maybe sacrifice something in our lives, like maybe that cup of coffee at Starbucks or or that fifth game of golf a week, you know, something something small. so those, those have been guiding principles for me. Yeah, th- that's awesome, Brian. I'm, I think these are these are good. That's wise advice, right? That our our sacrifice, that our our uh, tithing should be sacrificial and shouldn't just be um, well, as we mentioned a moment ago, just out of our extra, right? Just a, oh, well, I have a, an extra hundred bucks in my wallet today. I'll just give that to God, and it doesn't doesn't cost me anything <laughs> to do that. Well, that's not nearly as beneficial for my spiritual life than than giving in a way that's actually going to make me think about it later. Not having that cup of coffee, not having that round of golf, as you point out, those are those are small sacrifices we make that have uh, good returns in the spiritual life. So, thanks, Brian. Appreciate appreciate that witness. And Father. Uh, as we get here to the end of the hour, I kind of want to go back to that idea of stewardship. Everything we have is a gift from God. How do you keep in your mind that everything is His? It's so easy, and I think it's very natural for us to think about, it's mine. You know, my paycheck was just deposited. I need to take my car in for an oil change. I I just spilled spaghetti all over my shirt, you know. <laughs> Any good <laughs> suggestions on how we can keep our outlook kind of reordered to view everything in our lives as being those gifts, those blessings given to us by God? I think like so many things in the Christian life, it's it's about intentional uh, discipleship, and it's about being very volitional in what we do. So not just being passive in the spiritual life, but deciding at every moment this is this is what God is asking of me. So we're always going to be tempted, Josh, to think, well, this is my car and nobody else can have it, right? This is my house and I don't want to let go of it. And I think we have to we have to remind ourselves in a very intentional way to say, wait a sec, this is what God has entrusted back to me. Going back to that that uh, that dialogue that Kimberly Hahn had with the Lord at the beginning of the hour that you shared, uh, God gave it back to her, but reminded her, look, these are these are my children that I'm entrusting you with. This mm-hmm. is my son that I'm entrusting you with as a husband. Th- these are my material resources that I want you to use well. And we have to be thinking about that, deciding that, being very intentional about it. I, I love that phrase, intentional discipleship. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to lock onto that, and I might might tell my kids that a few times. <laughs> so, <laughs> Father Matthew, thanks for being here with us. In the last uh, 20 seconds of the program, could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners today? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, look upon your beloved sons and daughters listening today, that they might be generous with all that they have and are towards you and experience the return you promise. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, Father Matthew Spencer, our spiritual director, he is a priest of the Oblates of St. Joseph. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your calls and your emails and participating. And tomorrow on The Inner Life, I hope you can join us. You know, we're here in the month of June. Well, that means summer reading ahead, right? We're going to look at some great spiritual reading that you can incorporate into your summer here. Our uh, spiritual director will be Father James Kubicki. And, of course, stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next. Father Edward Looney is the celebrant. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life. <laughs>